You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Footwear. Now, if you guys haven't checked out the Alpha Burley Pro yet, you need to. It is a badass boot that is designed specifically for hunters. What makes it so badass is that it has an athletic and glove-like fit that will hold tight to the foot and prevents chafing and rubbing while on the move. It also comes in a variety of different insulation levels and camo patterns and it's rubber so it doesn't absorb scent and it will keep your foot nice and warm while in the cold weather and dry in the wet weather. So be sure to head on over to lacrossefootwear.com and check out the Alpha Burley Pro today. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Hey! Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. Now, you know what's hard is going and spending a week in the mountains uh, living this awesome life, chasing elk, hearing elk bugle, nature all around you, whether it's sunny or it's a little rainy, it's better than sitting in a cubicle. Then you turn around and you go to your cubicle and your mind is in the mountains and it's very hard to switch back to work mode after you've been in the mountains for so long. And uh, I'll be completely honest, I, I struggled today at work. Today's Tuesday. Uh, you're probably listening to this on a Wednesday. Um, but that's what today's podcast is all about. It is chapter two of my Colorado elk hunt. I talk with Ryan about our first two days. We talk about strategy. We talk about gear. We talk about our experience thus far. We talk about deadfall. Holy shit, deadfall. You want to talk about something that will kick the living shit out of you? It's deadfall. I don't miss that. Anyway, that's what today's podcast is about. I'm going to keep this intro very short. Before we get into this podcast, I just want everybody to go check out DeerLab.com. And 
what is DeerLab.com. It is a place for you to upload all of your trail camera pictures. Now, for me, I'm a trail camera nut, and I rely on that information a lot for the following year to, you know, maybe see what a particular buck is doing, what his travel patterns are during specific wind, you know, wind directions or temperatures or time of year. So what Deer Lab does is it uploads you, you upload your trail camera picture into the uh, Deer Lab software. Then Deer Lab does its little magic behind the scenes stuff and it pulls in weather patterns and barometric pressure and wind direction and based off of the date and the time on your trail camera picture. And what happens is that data gets kind of calculated with all the other data uh, from all the other trail camera pictures and what that allows you to do it allows you to forecast deer movement on your property and for me so i have uh let's say three or four years of uh, history with a particular buck in trail camera uh, in trail cameras what i'll do is i'll look at that data break it down and i'll say okay I noticed that, uh, I don't know, the Big Ten, or whatever his name is, uh, likes a northwest wind on the last week in October in this specific uh, you know, pinch point. So, and it's uh, let's say it's an evening hunt. So, when it gets that time of year, guess where I'm going to be on the first northwest wind of the third week of October? I know that's kind of uh, uh, breaking it down a lot, but that's what Deer Lab helps you do. It helps you forecast your movement based off historical data and uh, historical data can help you out a lot in the deer woods. So check out deerlab.com slash nine fingers and you'll be able to have a, if you sign up, you'll be able to sign up for a free 30 day trial period and there's no better time to do it than right now. So with all that said, let's get into chapter two of the Colorado Elk Hunt Recap. Well, chapter two of this podcast series, Ryan and Dan's Elk Hunt, is being recorded at, what, 10,200 feet? 10,209 feet. 2,209 feet. Okay. So, <laughs> we are we are butt whooped after, this is only after two days, right? Yep. Okay. So what I want to do is have a, a, a quick breakdown of this pod of uh, this podcast to be a breakdown of these first two days. Um, and so, real quick, we show up to camp, we get ready. This is you know all the all the boring stuff. You know we we get our packs ready, we get uh, our clothes ready, we get our food ready, we kind of organize camp, um, and then comes the morning Sunday morning Sunday morning yep comes Sunday morning and uh it's time to it's time to go for a little hike now (laughs) just a little hike yeah you know just a little jaunt just a little hike now we were introduced to deadfall in a major way and that stuff's awful. It is. I, I thought getting through like the the thick, um, what is it, honeysuckle brush and stuff in Iowa was bad. Man, it didn't hold a candle to this. No. It, it's so thick. I mean, you you lost, what, two arrows? 
Yeah. <laughs> and I've lost one arrow just just walking to get to our spot. So the first what mile? Or no, it's not. Is it? It's like one mile to get to where we officially start hunting. Right. right. The first the first bench. All right. So in this mile, we have roughly. Would you say a quarter, a little over a quarter mile of this straight deadfall, and we're doing it in pitch black dark. Yeah. Okay. So we got our headlamps on. Um, we're walking through this deadfall uh, from from camp, and it is just gnarly, nasty. You got to step over stuff. You got to go underneath stuff. You're on your hands and knees, and basically we're using Onyx maps to guide us through wa- certain waypoints on how to get there. And oh my God, it's just it it beats you up. Oh, the, the stubble, the cedar stubble that oh, comes yeah. out of the little trees. I mean, it's like like one of those medieval clubs with nails hanging out of it, but they're yeah. just rows of them everywhere. Everywhere, yep. And the amount of energy that we we use just to get through that is, I don't know. It's like it's funny because from the time we left camp to the time. Uh, we get to where we can officially start hunting. I think you said your watch told you that you you have a kind of a high tech watch, and it said that you burnt seventeen hundred calories in in a mile. Well, that was to get all the way up to the that was to the top of that meadow. Oh, okay. we burned we burned like seven hundred eighty somewhere around there um, just to get to the first bench though. That's intense. That's real intense. I mean, when I was working out, you know, four or five hundred calories in the morning. Yeah. And this is just, I mean, my heart rate. I was I was going through the history on my heart rate, and it hasn't fallen below hundred very much. And the highest it got was one hundred and sixty-eight. Right. So we get out of the deadfall maze basically, and then we hit a trail, mm-hmm. and this it's a game trail. And it's not your average game trail that you would think of. It's not like a deer trail, right? No. It's on a maybe greater than 45-degree hill that leads yeah. down to a creek. Yep. And you're you're having to put one hand on the side of the hill, and me and you are both using trekking poles. Yep. So, <laughs> and the first time we did it, uh, I didn't look down that much. I was just trying to focus on the trail and go because it was really steep. I walked, then we walked it back on day one, and I, I was nervous. I wasn't nervous going in, but I was nervous coming out because you could see that it's a straight drop-off. Oh, it's just, it's nothing but that that slick rock. I mean, like the, you know, that just kind of rolls down yeah. hills, that little tiny, like, 50-cent piece rock all the way down. Yeah. So we're, we walk across that, and finally we get to the creek and mind you th- that portion of the of the walk-in takes what 30 minutes yeah 40 minutes to 40 do. minutes or so and it's it's just it's intense the whole time it's there's not too much like incline then we hit the creek right or the river no we, we actually decent we have a decent yeah that's right yeah that's right we we de- we descent uh, from the camp to the creek so we're now we're down to about I don't know what nines high nines high nines yeah high nines, and then now we are now we got to climb up the creek, 
Yeah. That's the creek is from from where we get into the creek to where we start hunting is half a mile. Yeah, it might even be a little longer than that. I was I was looking because I I mapped it on a on a hike once here. Um, we'll continue and I'll yeah. I'll let you know what it was. So let's describe this creek, right? <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a rager. Uh, basically, it's not not a river, but it has some fast moving water, and the boulders and rocks in it are all the size of like baseball softball bowling balls and just and then those that have been broken and it is it's hard to walk on oh yeah right so i mean because you if every time you put your foot down the ground moves yep but kind of just slides out from underneath you in one way or another right so you put your foot down and it slides and then you know they have these it's basically like a sandbar but it's really you can't walk on the side of it because if you're within a foot of the edge, the whole thing gives way mm-hmm. and you then you end up in the water. <laughs> and I found that out the hard way on day one. Luckily, <laughs> luckily my boots didn't get wet for some reason. So we gotta we're and we have to take it slow because it's still dark. And I mean, I mean everybody in our group, me, you, Adam, have all, you know, fell. Oh yeah, yeah. It's guaranteed gonna happen. Yep. So, then we we walk up there, walk to a curve, and then we we hit this. The river takes a a hard left, and then it flattens out. But we're in a canyon basically. The the creek is in a, in just in mm-hmm. a big canyon with sheer walls on both sides, and and we get to this. The creek takes a, a left and it flattens out. And then on the on where we get out of the creek and start to hunt, there's these benches that all have elk sign in them. And we kind of, then that's when we work our way up. And so we get out, and then it's just and this is for day one. So now we're we're sweating our balls off <laughs> by the time we get there, right? Yeah. So we talked to, on on ch- in chapter one of this, we talked about what you've done to prepare for this. Do you feel that that preparation kind of, I mean, how did, how did you feel after that first walk in, in the morning? You know, my, my legs weren't as fatigued as they are today. Today, they're just, um, I'm paying the price. You know, I felt that what I did prepared me as well as it could have. And, you know, not and for the unknown, um, you know, there was a, I think I told you earlier, did a lot of uh, like box overs and weighted dumbbell lunges and like farmer carry and stuff like that. Yeah. And that all helps you, but it it cannot, nothing can train you for the, the altitude and then also just the, the trickiness of the, the terrain. The dexterity your body needs to be in. Oh yeah. Like if, if uh, a personal trainer, you know, said, okay, <laughs> now you have to do this same exercise, but you have to bend your ankles like all the way out or, you know, bend your ankles in or out or something like that to, to kind of simulate walking on that. Yeah. Dude, my, my, my ankles are sore. Oh yeah. All the small intrinsic muscles in my feet are just, I can feel every one of them. Yeah. Yep. So we get there, we start hunting, we go up, 
nothing go up nothing and but there's elk there's there's a little bit of elk sign we set up we heard some heard some crashing and uh we had we had to make a decision <laughs> on who got to shoot first that's right yep and so we which kind of leads into this story because <laughs> because we have Ryan and myself and our buddy Adam he's just like dudes you know I live in Colorado I can elk hunt whatever uh, I'll you know basically call for you and uh so he's like uh, which one of you guys is going to sh- uh, get first shot um and I said all right Iberg paper rock scissors <laughs> we did the paper rock scissors Ryan won so Ryan got first shot so basically what that means is Ryan sets up in the middle of between where we feel the elk are going to come from and Adam as he backs up and starts to call and then I'll flank one side or the other to see you know um, if they skirt around or if maybe uh, Ryan misses uh, and I, there might be a second shot opportunity but so we get in there we start to, to do some calling and I don't think we heard a bugle right away did we mm-hmm. no uh, not till we got to that next really great big uh, meadow. Right. Yep. So we didn't. We we set up. We did that a couple of times, and oddly enough, it reminds me a lot of run and gun turkey hunting. Oh yeah, it's very similar. Very similar. Call, move. Call, move. Call, move. And then, um, you know, sometimes you know, from what Adams told us, sometimes they come in silent. Sometimes they, you know, call and you can, you can get a, a pin on them and then you can adjust from there. But the first, what, four setups, mm-hmm. we, didn't, uh, we didn't hear anything. Yeah. And then out of the blue, we heard what, like, it was like it was something, something happened and Adam let out a bugle <laughs> and it was myself or and Ryan. We looked at each other oh god this is why we came all this that's way. right and they weren't like a long 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 ways away they were to the point where you could hear them chuckle yep right <laughs> so we heard a bugle way in the distance we heard a bugle up above us and then we heard one further down so it was like what four different bulls mm-hmm. bugling sure yeah so so <coughs> basically what basically what we did is we, we had to make a decision at that point and it it's what are we going to do? How are we going to set up? And are these, you know, are these uh, bulls in this quote-unquote dark timber, which is the deadfall, all the nasty yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, and trees are just packed in there too. The ones that are left are just packed in there. Yeah. So it's obviously difficult to move. And how an animal that big mm. can navigate in those blows my mind right and not get hung up and yeah especially with antlers yeah so so we we bounce around we're chasing some bugles and um we don't then all of a sudden it just kind of shuts off right yep this is this is the a fast version of all this because the the setups are basically the same right we we work a meadow and we work up it right and then the thermal switch. Right, exactly. We're chasing thermals here. So you're, th- you're chasing thermals. So in the morning, for those of you guys who don't know, the wind is blowing downhill. Thermals are coming downhill. When the sun comes up and it starts to heat up, there's a big switch. 
and the thermals start to go uphill. So by the time we got to the top of these first two meadows, we had the, the thermals had now switched. And we bounced around. How many meadows did we bounce around in? Mm, I don't know. Somewhere somewhere around five, maybe. Five, five yeah, five six. Meadows. Okay. And and then we stopped. No, I think I think we worked two meadows, then we stopped for lunch. Right. But altogether though, we probably worked like five or six. Right, right. So anyway, we we stopped for lunch, um, and we glass. And I'll, you know, for for me, I'll be honest, my first elk hunt was a, basically a, a, a death camp is what it <laughs> felt like. I'm I'm not joking. I I don't know if I was mentally prepared for it. I I worked out differently than what mm-hmm. this was, but I'm telling you right now, I was tired, but I wasn't like I wasn't toast. You know what I mean? I felt yeah. that what I did worked, and um, obviously you can't beat the elevation and and stuff like that. But I recovered quickly. I was I was happy. I was yeah. good. I was good to go. You yep. know what I mean? Stop. I kept, you know, we kept hydrated. We ate our lunch and uh, we worked a couple more. Uh, no, we got to tell the story about this. Like we are at work at that point. We're at 11,000 feet, right? Yeah. So we've moved, we bump up from the, from the Creek where we get into the Creek. It's 9,000s, high 9,000s. And we climb all the way up throughout the entire day. We're working these meadows. We climb up to this bench where we had lunch, and we're at like 11, two. 11, one, 11 two. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking a piss, and Ryan goes, dude, there's <laughs> another hunter up there. And we're like, this is way across the basin. And we look, and there's this guy. <laughs> there's this guy going straight up this rock face. I don't know how he did it. I don't either. Come to find out it was uh, the the owner of the cabin that we're staying at. But And uh, we talked to him later that night, and <laughs> Adam ended up calling him while he – this guy just like was – he was going straight up. Oh, yeah. He wasn't even taking it at a slant. He's just like – no, He's like, okay, well, I need to go there, and I'm here. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to just kind of loop around. I'm going eh. straight up. And it was impressive. It to was, see. yeah. Well, we thought he was a goat hunter at yeah. first. I'm, like, I, didn't I mean, he's up. he's way up. He's almost where there aren't any more trees. Right. So I would put him what eleven seven or something. Oh yeah, like he's that. way the hell up there. Yeah. So he's mid to high elevens, and, and he gets up. Uh, he he calls him, and he's. Uh, He's the guy who owns the property, and he's he's gonna traverse all the way atop top. <laughs> his, that was his goal: was to traverse from all these shoots where all these trees were, but at the top of them. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was nuts. Yeah. So anyway, that was that was kind of a cool little thing. All right, back to this uh, day one, right? And we heard we heard these bugles, and then they shut off. Right. Had our lunch. Then we're like, okay, well, we need to. What we had a, a bugle sound off, and that made us have it 
Way, no, wait, we went back. We went way over. Yeah, we went way over to that, that new drainage, uh-huh. right? And, uh, you know, we set up a couple more times, uh, nothing. And it looked really good. You know, nothing came into our calling setups. And then... Then the weather turned. The weather turned, right? So we're like, okay, well, let's get, let's get out of here and go uh, somewhere else. And as we, as we're heading back down the path that we came from, uh, we went all the way down to I don't know. We were above the creek, but on the top of these benches, we heard a bugle way in the distance, and we're like, well, hell, let's just go over there and see what we can do. So we come all the way down the mountain. <laughs> And then a bugle sounds off right where we were just at. Yep. And it was close. Yep. It was close because you could hear him chuckle and everything. And Adam's like, that bull's still in his bed. I almost guarantee it. And this is where I'm going to kind of let you take over because you have first shot. Uh, I'd rather I didn't, but. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, so we. We work our way up to to where we think this bull is, and we thought maybe he was 250 to 300 yards away. But he's he's in the dark timber, and like Dan said, it's just it's thick, it's nasty. Um, and the one thing that I find amazing is you don't really have to be that quiet oh, no. whenever you're stalking towards elk. I mean, it almost adds to the authenticity. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we we keep calling. And we keep moving closer. And he's responding. And he, yeah, every time he's he's hitting uh, whenever Adam bugles. Yep. Um, so we we finally get up to what we think was probably 7,500 yards, somewhere in there, yeah. maybe a little closer. And um, Adam falls back. I go, I make a, a small ascent, and then Dan kind of goes around and he flanks um, down the hill a little bit. And then Adam just goes to work. And uh, when I say he goes to work, he <laughs> he was beating the shit out of the trees <laughs> and calling. Uh, he was cow calling. He was bugling, beating more sticks. I mean, he did this probably nine times. And this whole this whole sequence, it probably went on for 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. At e- least. Easily. Easily 30 minutes, maybe even longer. And just to back up a second, we would get closer and Adam would bugle and do some cow calls. So what Adam's trying to do is simulate this cat, this basically this bull trying to round up cows. Right. Or whatever. So we, and, and this, this other bull is responding, right? He's, right. Every time there's a bugle, just a little bit, uh, maybe minute or so he sounds off again and and we're we're getting closer mind you every time he sounds off we're 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 using his bugle as a locator to pinpoint where he's at and he's not moving which tells us he's he's not he's not moving right yeah and he uh and he's not only is he bugling but sometimes he just chuckles Mm -hmm. you know it was so cool to to hear him and you can tell he's He's probably a sizable elk just because he has a a bit of a deeper bugle. Um, But he he finally starts to kind of make a move, and you can hear him. He's kind of going back and forth on on top of what I'm assuming is a a bench at that very top. Um, And he actually starts to go 
more towards Dan, but then he kind of he can't go that way because um, of the deadfall. Yeah, you said there's so much deadfall there. There's no way in hell he's getting through. Yeah, so then he starts to wrap around. I mean, just exactly how we wanted it. Right, right. So f- first, you know, backing up just a st- uh, step to explain the actual setup that we're in. There, there is by the grace of God, basically, we find an opening of a shooting lane of what, maybe 30 yards. I mean, you probably could have poked in, in there 30. Yeah. And I dropped down to another. I had no clearing up to where he was at. And um, then I, I, I looked to my right, and I had this just a small window, maybe to 20 yards, thinking, okay, well, if he comes down, instead of out your way, I might get a crack at him. Right. But when Adam's beating the shit out of these trees, I, I catch movement. And I look up, and this bull, I can only <laughs> see the, the very top of his head and his antlers, and he is thrashing trees, and he's waving them around, and, and he's getting pissed. Oh, yeah, he's fired up. Yep. And for those of you who have never, and I, until yesterday – I've never I've heard an elk bugle, but not at fifty yards. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it'll send uh, chills down your spine. It is a you hear that a full I'm talking about a full bugle and chuckle, dude. I I I can still hear it right now. Oh yeah. It 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 will stick with you. Yeah. It will stick with you, and so then I thought he was gonna go away. Uh, so I kind of dropped down and moved over to this this other I don't know it's not even a clearing it's just like the deadfall made an opening mm-hmm. basically and I thought he might work that way and I thought there might be some cows with him too because I heard I heard some other you know some other commotion f- kind of behind and to the you know uphill and to the right of where I was positioned and then it didn't happen and then. Like you said, he went away. He went away, and then he came back, and then I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, so when he decided to finally commit, he he full-on committed. Um, from the time that he decided to commit and when he came down the hill was probably, it took him probably three minutes, I think. Yeah. I mean, like, he, you could hear him just, stomping on all that dead fall and just it's almost like he didn't go over it he went through it exactly yeah he was just he was just peeling through there and at one point i actually thought because it's so thick you can't see anything you really i mean i can't even see movement yeah and at one point i thought oh shit he is gonna come right on top of me what the hell do i do i'm like no match for this animal yeah um but he didn't. He he actually went to my left, and he he came through this very small clearing. Um, at I I never actually ranged it because it was too close to range. Um, so this is I'm gonna say it was probably somewhere around eighteen twenty yards, maybe maybe a little less. I don't know. Um, so he he is trotting now through that spot. And as I hear him start to come down, I draw my bow and I'm ready. And did you look at his antlers at all? I I just glanced just to know that he was legal. Legal. Okay. 
because um, I could see I could see the brows. I didn't even look back. Yeah. Um, I was <clears throat> I was shocked at how light of color they are, though. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, he trots down through this opening, and um, and I let one rip, and I hit him, and I can tell I've hit him high in the shoulder, and he he actually continues on his his path um and i was knocking another arrow and he must have seen me and then he he just peeled out of there so you did, he never catched your wind no he probably uh, just saw you move yeah. as you're knocking another arrow right so at this point you had just shot your first bull elk period oh yeah i mean you've killed what an elk a cow elk yeah back in like 06 or something yeah which was like elk in a barrel was on a private farm right right so so we're on we're staying on a private residence but we're hunting public land and the like when when i got fired up when i heard that arrow go off because it was it's dead quiet Mm -hmm. other than this bull tromping through the woods and then i heard and i heard i heard it like commotion and then a blast like he he left and then but there was no more noise right right okay so after you let that arrow after you let that arrow go you knew you hit this animal right what was what was running through your mind well i knew the shot was a little high yeah um and i was hoping for high lung yeah that's really what i was hoping for it's kind of the first thing we had discussed uh, and I was, I mean, yeah, I mean, hell you shoot a, a huge animal like that, you know, and I mean, you just hope that, that you find it, that yeah. you've made, you know, a lethal hit. Yeah. Um, so what we do then is, uh, Adam comes up to that spot and then we walk up to where the impact, the impact was. Yeah. And, um, or trying to find some blood, hair, whatever, and I look down and and uh, there's my arrow, and there's a lot of my arrow. Yeah. And that's that's whenever I knew that uh, it was it was a non-lethal hit. I mean, there it there was maybe four inches of penetration. And that's being generous. Yeah. Yeah. And. Yeah, that's from the tip to where it busted the. Right. Busted on the shaft. Yeah. Um. So I I think that it likely hit him in the shoulder blade and yeah. just did not didn't didn't go through. Right, right. And this is you know obviously elk are way bigger than whitetails and way denser and thicker and and all that stuff. Um, so then we started looking for blood, right? Because yeah, four inch, four inches of penetration, you know may not be good but it may not be bad either right you gotta you know because there's a there's a chance we find blood so we go look sure for blood yeah yeah we owe it to the animal to yep. try to track it so we we go looking for blood and the three of us scanned what i'd say a half an acre if you were gonna put it in perspective uh just really put our bows down walk slow back and forth back and forth and we found no blood nope we couldn't even really see where he kicked up the dirt as he tore out of there yeah. and I, you know, I know he, he tore out of there. And it's one of those things where, you know, you're like, well, where, which way did he go? Where did he? And I'm like, 
Hell, I don't know. I, you know, he went like in this general direction because it all happened so fast. And, and just like what you said earlier, this bull was seventy to you know seventy yards away from us where we set up. So the thickness allowed us to get close to him, but then it's hard for us to look for him because in that same amount of time, which is a split second, as he's running away he disappears sure and you can't you can't you can't see where he went yeah yep and that's actually the really only glance that i had at his antlers um was whenever he was running away and he he was decently wide and of course you know they all look larger uh whenever they're running away from you but um i'm pretty positive he had a whale tail so he was Likely a six by six, according to Adam. Yeah, having that five by five or six by six, whatever, uh, in the what, <laughs> like, three hundred yeah. range, like, two. You, you said initially three hundred or uh, two fifty to three hundred, but the way Adam talks, it's probably going to be about a, you know roughly a three hundred. I mean, and to have that encounter on your very first ever archery hunt, that's something special. Though. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, to me, the hunt was a success, even though I didn't yeah. take the animal. Yeah. Um, so what are you, you you chalking it up to a little bit of bull fever, I guess? Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, when you have I a, fucked up. I mean, what do you, Yeah. you know? Yeah, it sucks. It yeah. sucks. And there's nothing, like, there's nothing to say, really. I mean, as a hunting buddy, I mean, it's like, I know how, because we know each other, it's not like, I, hey, buddy, it's going to be fine. Like, it's, <laughs> you just don't really say that. You no, know what I mean? Because uh-uh. nope. I know you're suffering. Yeah. Right? And it sucks. And um, But the show goes on. That's right. Right? And we, we chased. Uh, so then, you know, we, we finish out the rest of the, of the day. We hike back to camp. We, ha- we have uh, – we have lunch and I mean, or dinner, and then we go to bed. I mean, am I missing anything else significant on day one? No, just that whenever we got back to eat dinner, I mean, we were we were so damn zapped. I mean, like you're putting all your shit away, and I'm like, how how do you have the energy to to do this? Well, I look back on what I did, and you know, I I didn't eat basically much of the after we had the very first lunch stop i didn't really eat much these guys are eating the the damn cliff bars and granola bars and stuff like that and what had happened was is i went through three liters of water before well well before that that um bull encounter and then i didn't have any water until we made it back down to the creek and filtered some water and i I mean, it's so difficult to eat something when your mouth is so dry. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, so you got you got what coming back to camp? Oh yeah, my my caloric intake was was nothing yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So we come home, come back, dinner, bed, wake up at four a.m. Started all over again. Now today was a little bit different because it started off nice and then kind of got like a weather front moved in but to, uh today you know this is day two and we're going to do day two really fast because you know we only heard two bugles that we two or three bugles from the same bowl that we tried to make a move on and nothing really happened um, the abbreviated story is <laughs> we 
hiked back in the same route, went to the same kind of area, um, you know, went to the same meadow, did some calling, did some calling, and then we started glassing this this opening on the next basin over or on the next uh, drainage basin. It's kind of the same thing, and uh, didn't didn't hear anything. Let out. We hadn't called for a while, and I let out one cow call, and then in the next up that up that uh, next drainage or it's the same creek system but it's kind of split by this uh, big outcropping outcropping of rocks so we ended up uh, we ended up going up um, up there chasing this bull nothing really happened nothing significant anyway I mean we heard him we chased him uh, we had a calf encounter <laughs> yeah we were sitting there she was looking for her mama who's probably uh, uh, part of this bull's herd you know nothing and then adam adam had to leave so it's nine ten somewhere around nine o'clock and we're heading back we're heading back to uh um back back <laughs> towards camp i guess right right and adam's like well we got to pop up on this ridge <laughs> yeah oh you know just pop let's up do, there let's go pop up on this ridge we're at about ten thousand two hundred feet yep and this ridge Oh, I've never, I've never, like, done anything that physically demanding in my entire life. Yeah, that ridge had your name, man. Yeah. It was, and it was tough. It was. The deadfall that we talked about, but now we're going straight up. We we ended up inclining 800, 800, 900 feet, basically. Yep. Right? Because we ate lunch at 11.1. Yep. And it's the same deadfall that we talked about earlier, but it's on an incline. And, I mean, you're on your hands and knees, and you're going back, basically back and forth straight up and trying to find a route through this. And then you're having to hand your bow to a guy as you climb a, yep. a, a tree. and it Branches are grabbing your bag and whatever else you got right, on your Right, and it's one pack. of those things where after 30 minutes of that, it took us, what, an hour to mm-hmm. do this and as as you keep going up and keep going you're looking up and it doesn't look like it's changing <laughs> it, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah, look it's like, like you're getting towards the top where at the all. hell's the top right? yeah so we stop adam adam has a small game license so he shoots a grouse yep. and we take a grouse home with his bow that was really that that was really cool that was kind of like a intermission to the punishment yeah and uh i i started mentally failing i'm not joking i i I was like, I was climbing up and I was just, I was getting, I was getting mad, like, because my legs were burning so bad. And I, it was, you know, it's probably a little bit about, you know, because of yesterday being our first big day, Mm -hmm. probably a little bit of, you know, getting, still getting kind of acclimated to everything. And then you add a straight up 900 foot ascent and that it was, it was punishing. Yeah. Yeah, hindsight, I probably should have got my pole back out. It probably would have been a little easier for me. Right. There's only one thing that is working of all my gear. That's only <laughs> one thing that's working harder than me, and that's my trekking pole. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know if I could do a hunt like this without it. It'd be tough. Oh, my Lord. Just from balance alone. Yeah. You know? So we get up to the top. We we take a little nap. Adam, Adam has to peel off and go uh, to some meeting in town or something like that. And 
me and Ryan, we eat our lunch at 11-1, which is cool, dude. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm telling you right now, this country is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're sitting in a cabin right now looking at a mountain face that it could be a stamp or a postcard. Or, yeah. Adam Ansel yeah, picture or yeah, whatever. Exactly. And it's just people need to see this. People need to experience this. And I'm not talking about just hunters and outdoorsmen, but every single person comes and witnesses life outside of, you know, I haven't been on my phone today because my battery died and we don't have any place, every, anything to charge it. And I'm disconnected. It sucks. I had to text my wife through your phone, but she may not get a call tonight, whatever. That's the, that's kind of the bad part about it. Yep. But, um, she knew that kind of coming in disconnected from emails and work. And, but I think the human needs that human psyche. needs. Oh that. yeah, absolutely. So, so then we have, you know, we have lunch on top of this, uh, this, uh, big giant ridge. We make our way down. Oh, we take a little siesta. Yeah, we took a little nap. Took a little nap. Yeah. I needed that. I did too. I needed that. So then we work our way down, you know, and long story short, we're back at the cabin and I and that deadfall and that that incline today got to me. Yeah. I by the time we were within oh, half a mile from the cabin. <laughs> My body was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? And I, I, it was to the point where I wanted to lay, I just lay down. <laughs> yeah. And, and one of the greatest views the of the entire day today was being, <laughs> seeing the cabin from like this little point and I could see, see down into it. And I'm just like, yep. that's where my savior I saw a little is. tear <laughs> kind of rolling down your eye or your, your cheek. But, and I, I was just like, you know, you know, it's bad when you ask me questions and I don't respond. Yeah. I don't talk anymore. Dan, you good. <laughs> you know, like, like that, get, get a little grumpy, but we made it back, started a fire. And I tell you what, I've been on an elk hunt before where we camped in a tent and it was intense and brutal, but I'm telling you a fire and just being able to come into a building and we're sitting on a couch right now. A leather couch, nonetheless. It's it's a leather (laughs) couch. In a cabin. (laughs) But I don't think that, I don't think that we're the only ones in this couch right now. No. uh, There's probably, I think there's a family of mice in between us. Definitely. <laughs> I, I thought I heard one squeak oh, when I sat that, down earlier. Oh, my God. I just looked out the window, and I thought, look, you see that? I, I can't. What? I see the top of that. Oh, I I'm like, that was I thought, holy shit. <laughs> Grab your bow. Yep. So the the cabin is on, uh, it's not fenced off, but and it's surrounded by public uh, public ground. And the, there's ranchers who have grazing rights here. Yeah. So there's cattle mixed in with all this uh as well so oh so we got we get back and the fire and we were able to hydrate and eat mm. and it just kind of rejuvenates you and uh day three starts tomorrow it does and uh i'm excited for it 
Oh, yeah. I, hopefully it's a little bit better from the physical standpoint. Uh, you know, not necessarily like I hope my body performs better than it did today. Yeah. And I hope that we don't have to go up 900 straight feet. I have a feeling tomorrow is going to be rough for me. I told you I, I get like that second day soreness, that delayed onset yeah. muscle soreness. And I, I'm starting to feel it right now in, in my uh, – like in the outside muscle of my legs. Yeah. So we'll see. Tomorrow could be a could be a Dan Johnson day for me. <laughs> and I, you know, and I sit here and I talk like, oh yeah, like this is nothing for me. But it's not though. I just don't complain like he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, like I vent everything, uh, and you all your all your complaining's internal. Yep. Right. Yeah. You're so stoic. <laughs> yeah. You <know. laughs> and uh, man, I tell you what though, just being. Here. I, I wish everybody could see what we're what we see right now. It's like God's creation, man. It, it is absolutely, absolutely beautiful up here. It is every. I think, oh, this is like the most beautiful view I've ever seen out in the woods. Until we get to the next drainage or the next meadow, yeah. and I look up, and you know, there's the mountains. Or you, you look back behind your. Oh, yeah, you look exactly. Back behind, and you can see for what I don't know. 50 miles oh like. yeah we can see that one mountain range and i don't know how far away it is but yeah. damn it's hey cool. what the hell is that thing gonna eat our well i guess we gotta go chase some cattle away yep let's try to get our water so uh stay tuned for chapter three <laughs> And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That brings us to an end of Chapter 2, Chapter 3, and the final chapter will be launching this Friday, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Huge shout-out to Ryan, again, for coming with me and taking time out of his day to, I don't know, he was already there, so it's not like he's really taking time out of his day. But anyway, Ryan, thanks for doing this podcast with me. Uh, I don't know if I've said this already, but huge shout-out to Adam Parr for inviting us up there and showing us what you know high country elk hunting is all about man i will never ever ever forget uh that trip so huge shout out to adam and a huge shout out to danny the landowner for letting us uh crash in one of his cabins and um basically use his place as a launch pad for that public ground other than that guys thank you every one of you for taking time out of your day to listen and download please continue to do so please continue to uh join us on social media you know not only the nine finger chronicles uh, facebook and instagram page but the sportsman's nation facebook and instagram page as well there's going to be a lot more stuff coming to the sportsman's nation so keep an eye out for that and uh you know, I don't really have too much to say. Huge shout out to all the partners of this podcast. Exodus Trail Cameras, Wasp Broadheads, Lone Wolf Tree Stands, Deer Lab, Prime Archery, Ripcord Arrow Rests, Ozonic Scent Elimination, and Hunter Safety Systems. Uh, without those guys, this would not be possible. So please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. And if you haven't already purchased a Nine Finger Nation t-shirt, go over to BustedRack.com and go buy one because it will make you look like a badass and you'll kill a booner if you wear the shirt, period. Uh, uh, Asterix, that is not guaranteed and uh, it will not hold up in court and whatever. So, if you're going to be in a tree stand between now and whenever, and you're going to be up there setting a tree stand because it's that time of year to start prepping for this upcoming season, our friends at Hunter Safety Systems are reminding us all to please wear your damn safety harness. See you on Friday.
Thank you.